0: Today on the DML News Podcast, we're going to talk about how New Hampshire, which that primary is tonight, has officially become a two-person race, as has the hold of the 2024 presidential race. We have this and more, and it's all unfiltered.
1: Dennis Michael Lynch gives you his word, and he will never let you down. He will always fight for America. The only one who really puts his money where his mouth is. Is Dennis Michael
0: Lynch? Morning, guys. It's Denny here, and I'm filling in for DML. Uh, He mentioned it the other day. His voice is a little hoarse from all the uh, podcasting recently, and he's just got some other things to do. So Ryan and I are here to be filling in and to be talking to you guys about the upcoming primary tonight, the second one in this race, uh, which is going to be in New Hampshire. It is officially now down to a two-person race, as we all know, or most of us do know. Uh, DeSantis, Ron DeSantis, he dropped out officially two days ago uh, when he released this video on X.
2: And we launched this campaign to bring accountability to government, regain sovereignty at our border, and restore sanity to our society. We cannot succeed as a country if we allow our nation to be invaded our currency to be debased, our cities to crumble, and our kids to be indoctrinated. The D.C. elites who facilitated this mess do not care about you, and they do not work for you. They work for themselves. They seek to accumulate power at your expense to pursue an agenda that is harmful to the American people. Citizens do not serve politicians. It is the duty of politicians to serve you. Talk is cheap. Actions speak louder than words. Reversing the decline of this nation requires leadership that delivers big results for the people we are elected to serve. I have a record of leading with conviction, championing an agenda marked by bold colors, delivering on my promises, and defeating the people who are responsible for our nation's decline. That is the type of leadership we need for all of America. Now, over the past many months, Casey and I have traveled across the country to deliver a message of hope that decline is a choice, and that we can, in fact, succeed again as a nation. Nobody worked harder, and we left it all out on the field. Now, following our second-place finish in Iowa, we've prayed and deliberated on the way forward. If there was anything I could do to produce a favorable outcome, more campaign stops, more interviews, I would do it. But I can't ask our supporters to volunteer their time and donate their resources if we don't have a clear path to victory. Accordingly, I am today suspending my campaign. I'm proud to have delivered on 100% of my promises, and I will not stop now. It's clear to me that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. They watch his presidency get stymied by relentless resistance, and they see Democrats using lawfare this day to attack him. Well, I've had disagreements with Donald Trump, such as on the coronavirus pandemic and his elevation of Anthony Fauci, Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee, and I will honor that pledge.
0: Powerful stuff. I must say that is a master class act way to uh, bow out of the race when you know your chances have kind of become mute. Uh, I was kind of hoping he was going to stick into the race until after the New Hampshire primary. In fact. Uh, we ran a poll on the uh, DML News app asking you guys how you felt about DeSantis making the drop call now. Uh, About 92% of you had said that you're happy or that you support his decision for dropping out and his endorsement of Donald Trump, which he did do following um, his campaign suspension. Uh, You then, about 6% of you, had commented that you would have liked to see him stay in the race, And about a whopping 0.7% of you said you supported him dropping out, but wished that he would endorse Haley. I kind of saw that coming, but had to leave the option in there. And look, most of your uh, commentary or comments have said that um, you're hoping for Haley to drop out and we'll get to her in a little bit. And you're hoping that there could be a dynamo team up between Trump and DeSantis. And honestly, That likelihood is larger than ever. I mean, we have been talking about it nonstop here on the podcast, especially for the last three to four episodes now, as this race continues to tighten up. And it has officially become the two-person race of uh, MAGA Republican uh, America First base versus old establishment donor-tied Paul Ryan fingers-in-the-bucket race with Haley as that representative. But this was a big move by DeSantis. I don't think this is the end of the DeSantis career by any means. I mean, he we still have him for two more years as the Republican governor of the strongest Republican state in the country, which is Florida. And yeah, his time would be up around 2026. And then there's 2028 to consider. And obviously, we got to see who wins this one to kind of maybe blueprint of what twenty eight or 2028 will look like. Big concern everyone always shares, though, is that you know maybe his stardom is going to be dead by then. Uh, I don't believe so. All because, all because he'll be not the governor for those two years in between when he's out and the start of the 2028 race. Uh, there's plenty of ways to still stay involved. In, in my opinion, as I think many of you do share, even if you are the hardest of Trump fans, uh, this is still the start of Rod DeSantis' political career. And now that he's putting his full endorsement into Trump, uh, there is some possibility here for them to really kind of come together, mend that relationship even further. And I have a clip here of Trump with a Fox News reporter talking about DeSantis dropping out of the race, giving the endorsement to the Trump campaign, and how that could possibly leg up into a VP role or an administration role for DeSantis. Uh, I'm going to have Ryan play this clip before I bring him in and To talk about this new development in the 2024 race so here's the clip with uh, Trump and the Fox News reporter
3: is that possible well you know I endorsed him I didn't know him as well as you might think but I did endorse him and I had some uh, fun with it because I watched somebody who was not in the race and all of a sudden he was in the race and then he did a good job as governor so I was happy with that but I was disappointed when uh, they asked him whether or not he'd run, and he said, I have no comment. Because to me, when you say no comment, that means you're running. Mm-hmm. And uh, we took it, uh, I think I took it quite seriously. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter now because he uh, got out. So that's uh, water under he, the bridge now. He, between totally. Everything. As far as I'm concerned, look, he endorsed me. You know, mm-hmm. he endorsed me. And I, we have policies very similar, actually. I think those people will all come to me. Is there a possibility since... You say it's water under the bridge. He can be vice president or serving your cabinet. He hasn't asked for any of those positions, no, I do no, But has. is there a possible of the joining of forces? Well, it's probably unlikely, but, you know, I have to be honest. Everything's a possibility, but I think it's highly unlikely. I have a lot of great people, and I have great people that have been with me right from the beginning. What is your message to someone that would have voted for Ron DeSantis or supported them? What do you tell them now that he's endorsed you? Well, I think it uh, just—it sort of magnifies, if I can say that, because he and I had very—look, I want strong borders. He wanted strong borders. I want low taxes. I gave you the largest tax cut in history. Nobody ever—bigger than the Ronald Reagan tax cut. He wants that. I want a strong military. He wants that. Uh, He doesn't want wars, although I may be a little bit even more so in that not wanting wars. We have wars in places that nobody ever heard of before. Mm And we're losing you know you talk about blood and wealth we lose so stupidly and a lot of the things that he wanted i wanted and i think you know in fact i noticed people commentary they're saying well all of those people that would be for him would be for trump Mm -hmm. and uh, so i was honored that he endorsed me this quickly i mean for it's not easy look it's not easy he fought hard spent a lot of money And a lot of people thought he'd do well. You know, I was leading from the beginning, just so you understand. And I did very well in Florida, more votes than anybody ever got. I got more votes in Florida than anybody ever got. But he was doing well. And I think uh, he did the right thing. I I don't, you know, look, I can talk about somebody else's campaign. I didn't see a path. I don't see a path for her at all.
0: Right. As you can see here, and we've known about it for two days now, uh, Trump is dominating this race. There's no question about it. And he probably just gained a large portion of DeSantis voters. Additionally, Ryan, I haven't tasted it yet, but for anyone who was scrolling through the DML News app on Sunday, we posted a recipe that Ryan made for uh, a Sunday smoothie um, recipe, and he actually made it today. I think it has pineapple, mango, uh, banana as well as pineapple juice. That is that is very sweet but really good. Uh, right, that that that's definitely probably one of your uh, wow more tank tangier uh, smoothies. But in disregard to that, uh, what is your take here on the fact that Ron before even the counting begins in New Hampshire? Is out of the race and now putting his full endorsement and the idea of a unity message behind Trump. Uh, Desantis's campaign,
4: I mean, there's was, there's was no path to victory. So for him to keep going and burning donor money and you know not even just big donors but people that you know donate ten five dollars um, and to also take away time from governing the state of Florida, I think. It was kind of a good move on his end. I mean, Trump's just going to win these next two. Uh, he was pulling, I think, like, what, 5% in New Hampshire. So I do, I think it's better that he got out, saved face, endorsed Trump. Um, I do like the fact that, you know, maybe there is a potential for a Trump-DeSantis ticket, which I think would be unbeatable. So I you know, I think it was a it was a smart move by um DeSantis.
0: I agree too. And you're right, the potential's there. I mean, in that clip, Trump do, does mention that there's more of an unlikely possibility, but that could just be him playing coy. I mean, he still has time to really make that final decision or announcement of who is gonna be his running mate. But as we've mentioned plenty of times on this podcast, that dynamo duo. Would be fantastic. It would, I think, kill all the Nikki Haley momentum. I think it would be a sure thing of defeating Joe Biden. And truthfully, it kind of just sets the standard of, you know, this this could be a DeSantis future vision of America. Uh, and we've said the same thing of Vivek, where when he dropped out and he gave his full endorsement. I mean, th- these are the guys that will become the face of the Republican Party probably long after Trump is gone. And I don't like speaking that way, but Trump is obviously on the older side. Uh, This is his chance to take back those four years that were taken from him in the 2020 election. But following those four years, he is going to need someone to carry that mantle and that torch forward. And you have someone who's more of a uh, composure politician like DeSantis. He's conservative. He's effective. He's pro-family. He has done great things for Florida. And then you have someone like Vivek, who comes from a different background, but he's an entrepreneur. He's a strong and hardworking businessman. Uh, he's a firecracker when he's in front of the camera and the mic. And these are these are guys who could really elevate the Trump campaign for the next few months if they're going to be, you know, not only endorsing him but really supporting him. And and look, the overall message by these two coming together, meaning DeSantis and, and Trump. Um, is that it goes beyond just coming together. It's all about unity because there's a difference. Together, you can get all of the same people under the same roof, but if you don't have a strong message, cooperation, cohesion, or just a running theme of what you're trying to accomplish, you know it's just a bunch of heads in the room. But when you have unity, which I'll give the Democrats credit, uh, they know how to go on the message of unity. They don't break from the pack ever. Uh, as much as I'm sure they're all... Considering Biden to be one of their worst candidates of all time, they're not breaking away from that stray all too much. You get Dean Phillips, you get Marianne Williamson, but for the most part, Democrats don't break. Can't be said for the Republicans when it comes to that. So, this is that chance, especially now. It's only January, but especially now before November, it's time to get all the different legions of the Republican base come together, create that unity front. And just kind of ensure that there is absolutely no wiggle room or leg room here for Biden to to take this election because polling shows, and I think a lot of voter output shows that Biden is as unpopular as ever. Uh, Trump is storming through this primary, and it's only just begun. So w- where are the signs that this wouldn't work out? And you know that that's where you need to just kind of keep your Uh, fingers and ears up for any manipulation interference or things that just don't make sense nothing is a more prime example than I think the rise of Nikki Haley and things of it doesn't make sense because again this race started out with the DeSantis versus Trump and when DeSantis, uh, DeSantis made his announcement which ironically was on Twitter just like his uh um, you know, dropout was also posted to Twitter. He also used a Winston Churchill quote in that in that video that I uh, we had put in the newsletter last week. So the irony uh, of of that happening is kind of just funny to me. But Nikki Haley's rise, as we mentioned before, uh, always draws a eyebrow raising concern, and there's no doubt, especially now that DeSantis is out. Uh, I don't think Haley's necessarily going to pick up the DeSantis support that Trump would obviously be picking up. They're more in the same basket. Uh, But what Haley is going to try to do is legitimize herself as the top-tier candidate to take on Trump. She's already been laying that groundwork. But what she will start to do, as most candidates do when we get closer, is she's going to start trying to play a middle line. And as we are kind of aware of, she has been developing and acquiring Democrat donors, Democrat voters, Democrat switchers, people who were Republican and now want to go in the Democrat camp. She's get She gets people like Paul Ryan speaking on her behalf. So she's going to start playing that meter of trying to get different uh, categories of Republicans in, but also Democrats. And nothing, I think, is clearer that she's going to play that than her most recent interview, I think she did with NBC, uh, where... I don't know how else to put it. She does start to play into the race card territory. So Ryan has a clip here where Nikki Haley talks about when she grew up in the South that it was a little tougher for her because she was a brown girl. Uh, Ryan will play that clip for you now.
1: We were the only Indian family in our small Southern town. I was teased every day for being brown. So anyone that wants to question it, can go back and look at what I've said on how hard it was to grow up in the deep South as a brown girl. Anybody can look at my record and see when Walter Scott was shot down by a dirty cop, how I made sure that the Walter Scott family didn't suffer because we put the first body camera bill in the country in place. Anybody can look at the fact that when we had nine amazing souls, die in mother Emanuel church, I did something that no Republican or Democrat ever wanted to touch, which was call for the Confederate flag to come down because it would take two-thirds of the House and Senate and was an impossible feat. I don't know what you're implying with that, but what I will tell you is saying that I had black friends is a source of pride. Saying that I had white friends is a source of pride. If you want to know what it was like growing up, I was disqualified from a beauty pageant because I wasn't white or black because they didn't know where to put me. So look, I know the hardships, the pain that come with racism. It's the reason that I fight bullies every day when it comes to racism, anti-Semitism or hate. And I always will. If I didn't mention slavery on that day, it's because that's an automatic. There's always been, the Civil War's always been known about slavery.
0: Now, before I get Ryan, actually, before we get into her playing into that theme, because another example is when she posted a tweet last week or maybe the week prior saying that it was time for the first female president. Again, these are kind of talking points that Hillary Clinton was using back in 2015, 2016. So the fact that she's playing into it kind of says it all. But one of the other ways she's going to really play up this ante of her being the legitimate candidate compared to Trump. It's going to be somewhere for advertising. Now, this, this is a clip that I think Ryan and I definitely need to discuss because it is a good example of how fake and fabricated so much of Nikki Haley's messaging has become. So Ryan's going to play an ad for you where two guys are at a bar and they're discussing about the New Hampshire primary, which is obviously coming up tonight. And in this clip, they talk about how they want something more normal and less radical than Trump. And the guy sheepishly, uh, one of the guys sheepishly uh, endorses the idea of getting behind Haley because it's normal. That's the whole emphasis, that Haley is normal. So Ryan's going to play this clip, and we're going to discuss it right after.
3: Uh, just, you know, at the end of the day, it'd be cool if things just got back to normal.
5: Well, for that to happen, you'd actually have to vote for someone that's normal. Yeah. Listen, we all tried, right? We did it. It was it was a big experiment. We voted for Trump. We had him for 4 years. It was it was okay, but nobody would ever call him normal. I know. But
3: I'm a Republican. I'm not a MAGA Republican. but I'm definitely a New Hampshire Republican. And I mean, he's got it all wrapped up already, right? What are you talking
5: about? What are you looking at the polls? Well, yeah.
3: I mean, come on, he's 20, 30, 40 points ahead of everybody.
5: Oh, the Jeez. polls. What are they know? Did they call you? No. Did they call anybody you know? No. Have they ever called anyone anywhere that you've ever heard about? No. Right, that's the problem. People look at the polls and they go, oh, I guess it's a lost cause. I'll just stay at home. Why? You show up, you ask for a ballot, you vote your heart. And if you went normal, then you vote for Haley. That's what you do. And you forget what the polls say. Yeah. It's not over until New Hampshire says it's
4: over. Sit after the primary, boys.
0: Ryan, I've never seen more worse acting for a campaign um, advertisement. Uh, Nothing seems natural about this conversation. I can't imagine this conversation ever happening fluidly at a bar between two dudes. Uh, Maybe the best way I can ask your take on this is that have you ever sat with your buddies and just said we really want normalcy, let's vote Nikki Haley? No. I mean, just the the whole angle of
4: saying oh it's we want more normalcy, like what is that? What is normal having someone that's just a straight talking piece for the elites? I mean No, I it, back to the discussion with friends. No, I don't we would not talk about Talk like that it's very like it seemed like a very forced conversation very scripted obviously because it's an ad but i don't really think that's going to register with a lot of people unless they're like total sheep
0: totally agree. i mean that's a good way to put it who is it going to register with because a, a developing theme that i think we've talked about here is who is actually supporting Nikki haley and i don't mean the big time donors because that's You know, an awareness we know about uh, that the money shows it. But in terms of the, you know, everyday Joe groundwork voter, who is really getting behind her? And I mean, again, a lot of it points towards moderate to, you know, basically on the line Democrats. But beyond that, even the enthusiasm aspect is hardly there. So, I would not be shocked if she continues to play up the, you know, I could be the first woman president. I could be the first female uh, brown lady president or however descriptor you want to add in there because that is what she's going to play. I don't know who that really buys into. It's not going to buy into uh, two average dudes sitting at the bar, unless I just don't know about New Hampshire as much as a New Hampshire voter does. And maybe I don't, but I, I can tell you naturally, I have never sat at the bar with Ryan or Buddy and have said, "Ah, oh, yeah, normalcy, that's Nikki Haley. I, I think we actually will stray away from normalcy if, if Nikki Haley became the nominee and the leader of the party.
4: Well I I'll, I'll say that a lot of the old GOP likes Nikki Haley and I'm not sure what the appeal is unless you have an answer for
0: it but I I really don't know what the appeal is cuz all of her all of her decisions, all of her policy points, everything that she is standing for is leaning more towards democratic policies than republican based ones. So to that extent is it the classic this is your rhino where she's gonna wear the Republican colors, but really at the end of the day, she's going another direction? I mean, Anita did a fantastic report, what was it, last week, about how you know, when when Nikki was first starting out in politics, she didn't even know what side she wanted to go on. So when your values are flip-floppy like that, you always have to be concerned about that person and what they're actually looking to do. And Look, if if she became the nominee, it is a win-win for leftists because you're either going to get Sleepy Joe, who we all know it's really Blinken and Obama and those guys behind that, or you get Haley, who is just so ready to jumpstart us into uh, to wars that you know I, I think it's just going to benefit all sides and become that uniparty coalition. So to your point, it's old GOP, it's old donors, but she is not providing anything, anything at least to me personally, and it sounds like to you too, Ryan. That makes me feel good or comfortable as, oh yeah, if she beats Joe, we're still good. We're still golden. Maybe we'll do a little bit better. I mean, maybe she can get inflation down. Maybe we can actually build back our military force, but you know, she still really supports the whole dr- transgender stuff. Like I, I want a candidate, kind of like what DeSantis was pushing. I don't want transgenderism ideology in our schools. I don't want it in our work offices. I think it's a mel- mental illness that has been propelled to such an extreme level that it's concerning that it's becoming a base normal. And, and it's not. It is not. I, I see videos and photos all the time now, unfortunately. And that's the benefit of Twitter, Twitter X. You know, you'll get unfiltered stuff. But let me tell you when I emphasize unfiltered, I have seen videos and photos of kids, you know, teenagers with mutilated arms and legs to compensate for a fake genital implant. And that that is just, it's beyond disgusting. It's barbaric because I think we're entering a time where if that is what's going to be considered medical care, we're doomed. So, uh, you know, uh, Trump, I don't think necessarily goes as hard on it as DeSantis. I mean, Trump has a normal attitude towards it. I don't think he thinks uh, transgenderism is a normal thing to have But, you know, DeSantis was actually at least one. I mean, I give this. Trump did put a military ban on transgenders joining. I think that's a good thing. I think they're just too mentally, uh, too much mental instability for them to be, let alone on front lines, but behind any kind of uh, software computer or in charge of any decision making or really like them just being in the barracks together. I think that just creates conflict. That's my take. So you know, Trump didn't make measures on that. DeSantis has made measures on it in terms of education here in Florida, but Haley leans left with it. How else do you describe it? She says it's up to the parents' choice. Well, I gotta be honest, there are some crazy parents out there, and I know you, the viewer, know that they there, there are. There are parents out there that shouldn't make certain decisions for their kids, such as, oh, my son needs to chop off you know his penis to become a a, a girl. Like that, that in my opinion, is detrimental to the kid. So that should not be a decision that's allowed. And I think someone like DeSantis or Trump behind the wheel would make sure that's the case. Haley won't. So when you have policies like that, and there's numerous others, I don't really trust her when it comes to China either. Uh, she does not present, represent the Republican Party. Now, look, today is a Tuesday morning. The good news is polls and feedback from voters and everything in terms of the right people with the right kind of endorsements, everything is looking in Trump's favor. So this is probably going to be another win for him. And in terms of like maybe where we could see Haley drop out, if this becomes an absolute slaughter fest is likely South Carolina. Cause I think once you lose your home state like that, uh, all signs are just kind of pointing towards this is going to be a sweep away with Trump. Um, At least that's my hope. Anything could happen. But as far as everything's pointing to tonight, um, it's looking like that this is going to be a Trump victory. And, um, you know, I I don't think it'll be the end of uh, the Nikki Haley uh, saga by any means either. Uh, But at the same time, I think her flame is starting to run out. At least that's my hope. Um, Because, again, we got to remember who the real enemy is here if we want to frame it that, and that's Joe Biden and possibly Kamala Harris because if Joe Biden's not making it to November, I don't think they're substituting Gavin Newsom or anyone else in at this point. It would probably be the Kamala show, and that is the most terrifying, I think, option at this point in my personal opinion. Um, you know, one of the big things that would benefit from a Trump-DeSantis team-up if DeSantis was in the VP role, I know we've mentioned, the three of us have mentioned it on the show, uh, DeSantis would restructure that role. He would make being v p an actually important um leadership styled role in the Trump administration where he would go in and effectively get things done. Pence was kind of more of you know just that evangelical talking boy space um you know he helped with you know certain initiatives such as getting the uh space, uh space force. Going, But we need a hard hitter, and that would be DeSantis, whereas Kamala, uh, I think this video kind of just speaks for, her, for itself as to what her role has ultimately become in the Biden administration, which is just talking policy. Uh, Ryan will play that video for you. She just posted this to her Twitter yesterday.
6: For nearly 50 years, Roe v. Wade protected a woman's right to make decisions about her own body and her own life. Then the highest court in our land took a constitutional right that had been recognized from the people of America, from the women of America. In states across our nation, extremists have proposed and passed laws that criminalize doctors and punish women, laws that make no exception even for rape or incest. And understand what the Supreme Court took, the United States Congress can put back in place. When we win back Congress in 2024, our president, Joe Biden, will sign the reproductive freedoms of Roe back into law. So let's see this through and let's get this done. Visit JoeBiden.com to sign up to be a part of our campaign.
0: Yeah, that's what Kamala is going to be. She's going to talk about things with Roe v. Wade. She's going to talk about things with Obamacare. She's going to talk about the policies that Democrats have put into place instead of talking about rampant inflation, a unsecure border, and a crime level that's hitting every city at at such an unprecedented pace that it's kind of worrisome where the country is going to be in a few years' time. But, you know, again, I don't know who Trump maybe is ultimately going to pick as his VP. I know it'll be light years smarter and more intelligent than Kamala. It's going to, I mean, Kamala just kind of is kept hidden until she's necessary. But, uh, Ryan, uh, maybe I might ask you, if it is DeSantis, then fantastic, great. But there's always the chance that he's going to say, as he said in that clip, and it might be more unlikely. Uh, we've talked about Christy Noem. Some people have suggested Tucker Carlson. Uh, but in your personal opinion, who do you think, other than, as we've said, DeSantis, who do you think would be a good running mate to truly elevate Trump uh, come 2024 in November. I think Tucker Carlson would be
4: a good one, but I don't think Tucker Carlson wants to do it. Ultimately. I don't really think that's his, uh, mojo. I don't think he wants to be vice president. Um, Vivek doesn't really offer much. Uh, Kristi Noem, she has her own little scandals. Um, I think she would be good for the suburban woman vote. Uh, DeSantis, like I said, I previously stated, I think that would be the best option, and best ticket. But like Trump said, he probably sees it to be not as likely. But, you know, Trump, that could just be a ploy. So, you know, it makes you think uh, DeSantis, you know, did he have a conversation? Was there a conversation behind closed doors? And that's why he dropped out. Who knows? So I'm just going to I'm going to leave that. That door open I'm not going to close that door yet,
0: well, eventually that door will be reached, so hopefully we will all be very happy and pleased with whoever he chooses because this this is more critical than him choosing Mike Pence like this is more of the who's going to carry the torch in case you know trump um you know is only a four year leader when it with his reelection and needs someone to really elevate it forward. I mean, we we will know tomorrow based on results of tonight how it's going to play out at least for this year. Um, I think all bets are on Trump at this point. And before we uh, close the show, just another candidate or previous or former candidate, I should say, in terms of just mentioning some news about. Uh, right, Tim Scott is engaged.
4: Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, uh,
0: uh, he he made a post. I guess her name is Mindy. He wrote, she said, yes, Mindy, thank you for making me the luckiest man in the world. He who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. Proverbs 18.22. That was actually one of our uh, morning prayers not too long ago. So, yeah, I'll put the uh, uh, the
4: screenshot up uh, for those that are listening. He proposed
0: on a beach. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's like 57. So, I mean, yeah, I don't
4: know like really much about who he is engaged to, but.
0: Um, but yeah, good for Tim Tim. Scott. Good for Tim Scott. So, uh, and who knows, maybe he's somewhere in the mix of, uh, Trump's potential cabinet picks, but we will be back, uh, tomorrow to give you guys the results. Also give you guys an illegal immigration update because a lot has been happening at the border and there's going to be too much time for that discussion that we can't fit in today's podcast. But, you know, just before, uh, we head out, uh, two things going on in terms of with the uh, uh, team DML side of things, and all things uh, with Mr. Dennis Michael Lynch. He decided over the weekend that we are going to run a uh, super sale special for the Miracle Me CBD Power plus that we have at DML CBD. Uh, his intention behind that was for anyone who maybe had a New Year's resolution and has fallen off the horse, um, you know, these few weeks in. Uh, He wanted to offer a special discount. Uh, You can now get a tincture of the Power Plus for $59. That's a huge cut, Um, really exciting stuff. You guys got to check it out. We've had a lot of people ask about it and they're jumping on it. Uh, He originally only wanted it to be a weekend sale, but we're extending it. Uh, He really wants you guys to get back on that horse for your New Year's resolution. And uh, once his voice is feeling a little bit better and he's a little caught up with his work... Uh, he plans to return to Best Pals this week as well because I know there wasn't an an episode earlier this week but uh, he will return to that and another point just to mention uh, we have been getting a lot of questions for the wine clip because him and our mom's uh, podcast, The Wine I Talk has been doing really well great feedback from you guys and we've had a lot of interest about the wine clip itself so if you are interested and want to possibly purchase it, it's for $25 uh, go to dennismichaelinchcom slash wine uh, and you will see the post. It's right there at the, the bottom and uh, if you guys order it, we'll get it shipped out to you. Um, but until then, uh, God bless all the Team DML members and thank you guys so much for all your support. Uh, it means the world to us and we're going to follow this closely with the New Hampshire primary and, and see what happens tonight. Maybe we'll be on the uh, live chat for Team DML members just as the results come in uh, just a chit-chat about it. So Thank you guys and we will see you tomorrow.
6: Get the Dennis Michael Lynch podcast every day by subscribing on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and download the Dmail news app from the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store for breaking news, merchandise, films, exclusive content and team DML.